live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on this Thursday morning. It's the first day of December 2022. Glad to have you with us on this uh, Thursday on the show. Got a got a very busy day. Uh, we were giving away tickets. Alton Brown is coming to the lead center. Uh, if you like watching him on uh, the Food Network or elsewhere, fan of his, but we got a show coming to the lead center, and we're going to give away tickets to that coming up at seven ten. Bust out the lie detector for that. So be listening for your chance to win. We also have Lincoln Symphony Orchestra. Uh, Christmas concert tickets to be given away, too. So we'll be doling out tickets throughout the course of the show today. A little bit later in the show, the Grow Lincoln team. Robin and Dave are going to be in. New restaurants, retail, businesses, what's moving, what's opening, what's closing. They'll have the latest today, 10. Uh, and we also have uh, the voice of the Big Red. Greg Sharp is going to join us uh, on a... Uh, on an odd day to be talking about uh, the thing, the stuff around Nebraska football right now, obviously, with the Mickey Joseph story here this morning, and uh, going to delve into that here just a little bit right now. Um, I guess I guess I want to start, um, Mark, just kind of give us, you know, we, we kind of go through, and a lot of times we talk about what we've got from police the night before, things that have happened, and uh, this is sure a high-profile one. What uh, what do we know? I guess is is probably the right place to start here. What 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 exactly do we know? All we know is that the, from the Lincoln Police Department news release yesterday afternoon, it was in the five o'clock hour they released it that they were called to uh, a home on um, in South Lincoln, South uh, near South Thirty Fourth and Treeline Drive, right, which is south and a little west of Fortieth and Yankee Hill. Uh, if you know uh, where Roper and Sons, that South Chapel, the uh, uh, Lexus dealer, it's just south of there, about uh, between a quarter and a half mile. That's the general area. They were called there on a domestic assault uh, call. Uh, they uh, Subsequently, uh, it was reported uh, they were looking for Mickey Joseph. They found him at another location. We don't know where that was. After their initial investigation, he was arrested. Uh, faces a couple of charges, was booked into jail, uh, is expected to, he's in the Lancaster County uh, Detention Center, expected to make a court appearance today uh, and possibly uh, post bail. Okay. So that's, it, the the charge was domestic um, assault uh, was strangulation. Mm-hmm. So that's, and that literally is all we know, and they were very clear that's all they were going to release. Yeah. Uh, now, we may get a little more uh, at briefing but I would doubt it okay. in this uh, in this high profile case. And they even said in the release that they put out yesterday, late yesterday, uh, that they normally would not put out a news release for an arrest like this because this was a high profile uh, person who was involved, who was arrested here, um, and wanting to provide transparency on something like that. That's why they put out the statement last night, man, because probably they were getting a lot of questions. Uh, because oh, absolutely. There, were, there were rumors floating around, and um, we had even heard things. And so uh, we here at KLIN were making contact, as I assume several other news outlets were. And at some point, they decided, okay, well, we're going to put this out just to, you know, at least at least have uh, those questions answered. 
Um, and, and then it was followed up by um, a statement and a news release from uh, Trevor Alberts that uh, he was aware of the charges. Uh, Coach Joseph was being placed on administrative leave, and they were very clear that that's, they would have no further comment on it. Yeah. So, um, so you know, we just got the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what do you say? Um, what do you say? And I've been thinking about this, uh, and I don't know that I've got a great answer for it. I, I, I guess the one thing, and this, this is, is, is something that I, I try and, and keep in mind for every time that we're talking about an, an arrest or, um, or, or, or a situation where someone's be being accused of something is that, um, we i don't personally know what happened and uh there's obviously a, a judicial process to to play out with this whole thing and so i i can't go in talking about it claiming to know what has happened uh with this whole thing no, and, um, and, and so it's a little it's 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 a little difficult to respond or to say much about it especially when it involves somebody that's that's a very public figure to, to when when you don't when you don't know for sure what happened in this well, case, well, right, and and there there really is no response you can give other than it's an unfortunate situation at this this time. We're gonna have to wait to see how it plays out. I would add though that the rumor mill is getting pretty ugly pretty quick, and I think we'll find out that some people are getting way way ahead of their shoes on this one. Okay, um, we'll see. I, I mean, I will. I, I did note that um, the the LPD. Uh, release said that there there had been an investigation, and as you mentioned, then that Mickey Joseph was arrested at a a separate location. The charges were strangulation um, and third degree domestic assault. Uh, that's what the 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 reason given for the arrest was. And, and a fairly short timeline. They got uh, LPD was called to the residence about one fifty four, so just before two. And uh, according to the Journal Star, Joseph was booked into the. Um, Lancaster County Detention Center are into uh, got his mugshot and everything about four. Right. So very uh, short time frame uh, for that initial investigation. Um, yeah. So here's I mean, here's here's what you say in addition to, you know, what I just said, and especially with rumors flying around, you know, going into this, coming out of it uh, throughout this. And, and there will be more just because it is so high profile and i i don't again i don't know the answer um to what was happened but you know i i think i mean i think it is fair to point out that um lpd said they did an investigation on this they found it justified to make an arrest after doing an investigation on this um and it's unsettling i mean it's it's I, I guess here's number one. The number one thought, and I think the most important thought is um, you've you've got some uh, potentially a victim here that we don't know exactly who it is, actually, uh, because it wasn't named in the report. I think there have been people some to have jumped to conclusions about who that might be. Um, it's a you know, given that it was a domestic, the charge was under domestic assault. That would typically be when it's somebody who's got a. Um, a family or an intimate relationship uh, that would be the the alleged victim in this case, uh, but 
It's it's uh, and, and and the 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 first thought I've got is you've got kids in this family who are going through this now, right? You've got uh, potentially a, a a victim here who's been uh, physically assaulted, perhaps, uh, and those are the first and foremost thoughts that I've got right now is everything that that all of all you know all of the people who didn't bring this on who didn't do anything wrong are going to go through now um because of whatever happened with this whole thing and you know it's it's tough because you just saw you just saw Mickey after that Iowa game sitting up there on Friday uh with uh, with one of his kids up there it's hard not to get that image out of my head sure. and and what a terrible situation this is for for the the family and the people in the family people who are obviously uh, innocent within within that family and and who are going through this and then you know there's um there's I, I don't know if you all felt this way but I did there's something really sort of earth shaking maybe too big of a word but there's something that really feels depressing uh, when when this here happens when you've got someone that I think we were all the the vast majority of people who are listening that we we felt like we liked we trusted we got behind because of because of character in a lot of cases and then to hear that character um maybe in some serious question it kind of makes you think wait how do how does how does something like this happen how how could we have been so wrong possibly on that whole thing? And it just kind of, it shakes you a little bit. Well, I think and, you're, you, one of the op, key operative words there that you just uh, used was possibly. Yeah. The fact is we don't know what we don't know yet. Exactly. And, and, which, and, yeah, which is what I, and, that was my whole yep, preamble. Yep. And so the, but, uh, but I'm just, uh, I, I understand like I, uh, yes, I, that was, I, I pointed that out at the outset, yep. but I also want to, you know, I also want to address just how how this kind of makes everybody feel because it's <laughs> I I understand it wasn't it certainly wasn't our own lives it certainly wasn't our own families I wouldn't I wouldn't compare you know what what the actual family is going through but on the other hand it is it is somebody that you felt like you knew right that that, that you felt like you knew and and now is has got all of all, all of this going on so um yeah, it's disturbing. I mean, it's disturbing. Let, let's just say I get I get it why people feel like they're really really disappointed, depressed, frustrated, sad about this whole thing, you know, even more than, you know, when you read about these situations, these terrible situations um when it's people that you don't know, right. that you, that aren't public figures. The, the other thing that it 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 points out is uh we don't know the stresses that some people are under at any given point, and and the uh, the stresses that uh, Coach Joseph has been under through this interim period, and then find out that he was not going to be the uh, new head coach. That level of pressure, and you know, going into the holidays, there's always increased pressure, and it's it's hard to fathom how these types of things can manifest themselves out, but they do, and we don't know the depths of uh, stress. And uh, what the triggers might be that would create this type of a situation, justifiable or not? Well, yeah, that yeah. I mean, th- that's true. I, I mean, I would just like to just say for clarity's sake, and I you I know you agree with this too, but 
whatever pressures. It's not, you know, it is no, it, it is never okay in any situation to, you know, to to put your hands on someone. Right. Uh, to to to, you know, if if whether if these things are true, I don't you know, if these things are true, the pressures are um, somewhat irrelevant from a from a criminal context for for sure. Um you know, and and just from a, from a character conflict, it's it's never it's never ever justified, um, and it's sad. It sucks. I don't know what to say. Like I don't, I I, I really don't, because there's the there are these competing feelings of there are these competing feelings of I I don't know what happened. I do know police investigated. I knew they they apparently found enough in their minds to make an arrest at this point, but I also, you know, I've got a legal background enough to know, um, there, there's a, there's a, a presumption of innocence until, until guilty. So you want to, you want to make sure you're, you're pointing that out and you're, you're, you're giving heed to that, but you're also not minimizing this kind of a crime. Um, if, and when it does happen at all in any way whatsoever, um so um yeah that's that's where i am i i would guess you know and it, this seems fairly unimportant now and it might have been it might have been decided already but i obviously i think it's fair to say you're not going to see him on on nebraska's coaching staff uh after all of this is over so that's come I'm to sure. an end aren't, so. aren't there normally these uh, clauses in these contracts if if you have something like this happen uh Aren't there clauses that say you're done? Yeah, like yeah, yeah like there, there, there likely is something like that. And as Trev said, um, this was just a matter of you know even the arrest triggered a sort of a university policy, right? Uh, where they where they followed that. So, um, Caleb, anything I, else? One, one thing I don't know whether uh, you guys listen to Sports Nightly. I don't I have a chance for. I heard, I caught the last. They were not talking about it. The part I heard. The, but, well, I thought. Uh, Greg and Jessica at the beginning. The very uh, beginning, yeah. yeah. I missed that. I, I thought they uh, outlined uh, sort of what you were f- referring to, the feelings that you have to have such a phenomenal uh, series of uh, events that happened, uh, beating Iowa, uh, Coach Rule being named, mm-hmm. uh, all of the, the – how buoyant everybody was, and, yeah. and of course uh, – the uh, men's basketball, uh, you know, doing well, and then to just have this thing, just like deflating a balloon. I yeah. thought, I thought they did a a nice job of of explaining how the highest can be very, very high and joyous, and very quickly uh, plunge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, and we'll hear from Greg Sharp today. Yeah, we'll have him on the show, and I'm not sure how much he's going to. He's probably in a place like like we all are to some degree, like I am to some degree where you don't quite know what to say because you don't know exactly what happened, but you also do not want to ever, you know, minimize, uh, the, the, you know, if, if something happened, um, minimize the, the severity and the criminality and the, the potential despicableness of, of all of that. Um, and so it puts you in an odd place with this whole thing. Um, so yeah, we don't, We'll continue to update, like like Mark said. You know, we may get a little bit more, but we don't. You know, my guess is what what we've gotten so far is about all we're going to get officially. But, I mean, and and then here's the other thing is, you know, we know how this works is is uh, the the rumor, and I don't even know what they'll be exactly, but 
I'm oh, sure there's there's some ugly stuff out there. Th- there's there's stuff out there already. I yeah. I mean I've heard a a bit. Nothing that I'm you know nothing that I'm comfortable saying oh. yet at this point because I don't know <laughs> no. if it's true and and I don't know what what you've heard and and so we we've got to wait a little bit on on that as well. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, just oh. yeah. a, a ter- just a terrible situation. And again, I'll I'll go back one more time that um you know. To to the degree that there was a, a victim, and and then especially the kids and the family, um, it's it's something where you know it's this is uh it's going to have an impact on them for the rest of their lives at this point, most likely. And it's terrible. Yep. It's terrible. Um, all right, Caleb, do you have anything anything else? By the way, I was. Uh, no. Anything else? No that that was that was the long and the short of it. All of that information's in our story at klin.com dot com as well. Okay. All right. Uh, Mark, anything else we need to well, get on before we get <laughs> well, to sports? One of your favorite things is happening, uh, probably mid morning to mid afternoon, and that's very very strong winds. We're already forecasting gusts forty five plus mid morning to mid afternoon, uh, but temperatures are are rising. Uh, Initially, we thought tomorrow was going to be like in the 30s. Now they're saying uh, mid to upper 50s possible tomorrow, even. So, okay. Uh, and then so south. Uh, so the wind switching around to the south, yeah, I assume right. that means. Yep. So uh, I set the garbage out and recycle this morning. I certainly hope they get there quick. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, That's a good point. Me too. And, and the other thing, just before uh, six, I went down the hall and confirmed that our sister station, Froggy 98, has gas. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Do you care to elaborate on that? Well, uh, along with U-Stop, their new uh, uh, station out by uh, Warhorse, uh, West Denton Road and Highway 77, uh, and sister station Froggy, uh, from 3 to 5, offering unleaded gas for $1.98. All right. All right. So, there you go. I'm glad to see that, that Gary and the crew over there are helping people out. You know what? You know what? People say a lot about them, but I'll stand up for those guys. They're doing some good for this community. Nice of them to do something yeah, once in a while. There we go. All right, 626. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Plum. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, now that we have uh, done our best to address what we can about the the ongoing situation with Mickey Joseph, we are going to move on to the uh, Sound Off. I'm sure we'll 
get into this a little bit more later and of course pass along uh any other news that uh that does come out uh during this time so stay with us for that but uh we do want to get into uh, other things going on in the world right now so let's uh let's jump into the latest uh on the rail strike is congress going to step in and end this thing will they have the votes to do so well so far so good from the house After a bipartisan majority in the House approved a resolution imposing a tentative labor agreement between rail companies and unions, White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre is pressing the Senate to do the same quickly. A rail shutdown uh, would have a grinding effect on our economy. The measure preventing a strike likely will need at least 60 votes to advance in the Senate. Lawmakers from both parties are expressing concerns over congressional intervention. Our team is going to continue to work on that uh, to make sure that we avert this. The House did pass a separate measure giving rail workers seven additional days of paid sick leave. That has been a key sticking point in labor talks. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. All right. um, So we'll see here what happens because I think you've got a lot of divergent positions among Republicans uh, to on on what should happen here and again I, I i talked about this yesterday you've got some odd political bedfellows here once again with this thing with the with the white house and and democrats and some republicans but you know democrat majority house right now uh who is who is voting essentially to impose this previous agreement on the remaining labor unions it's just it kind of flips things from where they they typically are now if they do call a vote in the Senate, that means you've got to get every Democrat and 10 GOP votes that that are yes for this thing. Um, or if you lose a Democrat, then it'll be, you know, 11 and so forth, which I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't rule out that you, you lose, you lose some, um, you lose some Democrats on this as well, even though the, the leadership, the, the Bidens and the Pelosi's of the world have been, um, pretty clear where they stand on this thing i don't know if all of the rank and file democrats in the senate are going to feel this well uh this way as well so um but so far there's there's been uh nothing of this it passed in the house 290 to 137 so it actually did have broad bipartisan support but you did have senate but you've heard the senators from both parties saying um that you might oppose this bill so uh we will uh we will see three. I, I shouldn't say, but you had three House report Republicans. Um, who's, so th- there's also it's a little complex here. Um, the bill to impose the overall contract got the wide support, 290 to 137. There's also a separate bill that has to do with the the sick days, which would um, which would give the unions m- closer to what they want in this whole thing. So it's a separate one. House passed that one as well and they they basically did that one to appease democrats who are further on the left who didn't like you know taking a more typical spot that, that a democrat would on a union issue like that um they also i think they also separated those two things out where and, and did both of them that way you've got at least one of them it's got a, a more significant chance to actually pass in the Senate, because you've had a variety of, um, I think, you know, especially Republicans who are going to be less likely to vote for the one that adds that sick leave in there as well. 
Only three House Republicans supported the leave bill, um, which would, would, would probably signal that you're going to have a real hard time getting 10 Republicans to do that in the uh, in the Senate. So hopefully that isn't too in the weeds on this whole thing. But it's just got such a significant economic impact right now. And it's uh, it's it's a bit of a, you know, <laughs> it's a bit of an interesting situation politically like is it, it's putting some of the standard assumptions up for question when it comes to labor disputes where politicians land on them and the uniqueness of a railroad one as compared to something where Congress wouldn't have the same authority to actually jump in and impact things. Uh, All right. um, Student loan forgiveness, an attempt by the Biden administration to get this thing back going in the courts, not successful. A three-judge panel of the Fifth Circuit Federal Appeals Court has unanimously rejected a motion from the Biden administration to restart the program to wipe away thousands of dollars in student loan debt for millions of borrowers. The appeals court allowing to stand a ruling three weeks ago by a federal judge in Texas that the plan is unlawful. The appeals court had offered to expedite a full hearing in the case, but the administration is expected to appeal this ruling to the U.S. Supreme Court, having already asked the justices to consider a similar ruling from the Eighth Circuit Appeals Court. Jack Callahan, Fox News. Yeah, um, yeah. so the, you basically had the lower court, I believe it was in Texas, they had the ruling that invalidated the effort. Um, and, and basically what this did does is, Tease it up to to go to the Supreme Court, which Jack Callahan mentioned um, there at this point. It was the the Fifth Circuit, uh, I believe that's in new in the New Orleans area where that actually happens. Um, and and so they basically let the lower court ruling stand, the the Texas judges ruling stand on this, um, and this the actual lawsuit was filed by something called the Job Creators Network Foundation, which they described themselves as a nonpartisan organization founded by entrepreneurs who believe the best defense against bad government policies is a well-informed public. So um, it'll be appealed to the Supreme Court. Um, and they're already they're already looking at an eighth, as was mentioned there, they're looking at the Eighth Circuit ruling that blocked implementation of the loan forgiveness um, program as well. So... Uh, I would guess what happens then is you got the Fifth Circuit ruling there, you got the Eighth Circuit, you probably have the Supreme Court combine those two together and and have the final word on on this whole thing. And I mean, if you want to do, this is always a dangerous thing to do, but you want to do a little predicting on this whole thing, uh, given the makeup of the Supreme Court, where the lower courts have been. I'd be. I think right now I would be. I would slightly lean toward an outcome of the Supreme Court going against the Biden administration on this thing, and it ends up getting scrapped at least for the time being. At least being done the way that it was, and you're not going to have time though to go back through and and do it via Congress. Um, could you go? I mean. Another question is, instead of like instead of doing it, could you have the agency play a bigger role in this rather than the White House itself? That's a question that's kind of open on this thing. Would they try and do something like that? I think that question is is up in the air as well on this whole thing. So uh, that's where we are at this point, but it looks like this is going to end up in a Supreme Court showdown. Uh, all right, other issues. Boy, 
lot of lot of stuff coming from the White House here yesterday. Um, how about the uh, White House and Twitter? Is is if there's some opposition to what's happening with Twitter, uh, are are those accounts that the White House runs? Is the president himself are they going to stay on Twitter? Well. It looks like for now, yes. Word is from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue that yes, they plan to stay on the platform, but they aren't backing off of keeping a, quote, close eye on Twitter under the Tesla founder. Over Treasury, Janet Yellen changing her tune after telling CBS News earlier this month that she saw, quote, no basis to investigate Musk's purchase of the social media platform. She now says she misspoke, telling the New York Times deal book, we did not talk about particular transactions, but this agency does look carefully at transactions that could pose risks. I'm not going to say specifically what we are or aren't looking at. We don't comment on what's, you know, that's in progress. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then on... Wait, wait, that is the longest no comment <laughs> did they, did, they have, did they throw a you know in there? Um, let, let me give you this three paragraph comment while I say we don't comment. And then on, on, on the other uh, Twitter news front is the EU. You got a, a top EU official who uh, yesterday said that it, it looks like the EU is at least thinking about banning Twitter if Ooh. Twitter does not uh, get in line with the EU content moderations that they've uh, moderation laws that they've got in place in the EU. And they're going to be monitoring whether or not that happens. And in that sort of a situation, obviously, the there's a there's a question about what the future would be. I think it's a little early to say that you know this this is going to go down a road where where they get banned at this point. But they do have um, they they do have a new rules there in the EU that went into effect recently um, on on how the tech industry handles misinformation, illegal content on social media. Um, and if companies violate the law, they could face face fines uh, in the EU. So, so we'll see. That's the latest there. Uh, all right. Oh, and then speaking of the EU, well, speaking specific, specifically of England, uh, this is a, a bit of an embarrassing situation for the royal family here. Um, apparently, Prince William's godmother, which I don't know exactly what that role means, in English royals parlance, uh, but nonetheless, it's an official position. Okay. Uh, but said some things that got her in some trouble. It was a pretty standard function. Charity workers invited to Buckingham Palace to raise awareness of violence against women and girls. Small talk in abundance, but then Ngozi Fulani is approached by Lady Susan Hussey, a senior aide to the late Queen Elizabeth. What followed was almost an interrogation. There was question after question about where she was really from, where her people came from. That's eyewitness Mandu Reid. Ngozi is black, born in Britain and raised in London, but it seems that wasn't explanation enough for Lady Susan. It left all of us feeling perhaps we didn't belong at the event. Perhaps we weren't truly welcome. The palace called the comments unacceptable and deeply regrettable. Prince William's spokesperson added, racism has no place in our society. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. Okay. So, okay. So she's, by the way, some of the British press calls her, so Prince William's apparently godmother, the late queen's lady-in-waiting, whatever that means, exactly, um, 
but this guest apparently felt felt attacked um, when continually asked where where she came from, essentially. And it was a reception that was on gender based violence. Uh, there were some other people who were part of the uh, conversation. She's in, she's an eighty three year old um, widow of a former BBC chair, whose name, by the way, is Sir Marmaduke Hussey. Wow, kid not, I kid not. But she had been recently been appointed to uh, this role, friend of the king. Uh, her daughter had just been appointed one of Camilla's new queen companions, and uh, but. So there you go. And she wrote on Twitter, the, 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 the woman who was at the event wrote on Twitter, mixed feelings about yesterday's visit to Buckingham Palace. Ten minutes after arriving, a member of the staff, Lady SH, approached me, moved my hair to see my name badge. The conversation below took place. Uh, the rest of the event is a blur. Where are you from? Uh, she said she was from Sister Space, which was the organization. No, where do you come from? We're based in Hackney. No, what part of Africa are you from? I don't know. They didn't leave any records. Well, you must know where you're from. I spent time in France. Where are you from? Here, the UK. No, but what nationality are you? I am born here and I am British. No, but where do you really come from? Where do your people come from? My people, lady, what is this? Oh, I can see I'm going to have a challenge getting you to say where you're from. Where did you first come here? Lady, I am a British national. My parents came here in the 50s when, um, when dot, 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 and then the godmother said, oh, I knew we'd get there in the end. You're Caribbean. <laughs> she says, no, lady, I am of African heritage, Caribbean descent, and British nationality. Oh, so you're from dot, dot, dot. Wow. So that's what that was the conversation, if you're wondering exactly what I was there. Oh, boy. Uh, hey, don't get flu. No. Don't get flu. A lot of people are getting flu right now, uh, parts around the country. So uh might be something you want to be aware of. The most recent data from the CDC show some states, including New Mexico, Texas, and Tennessee, are in the uppermost range for case numbers on its flu activity map. A swath of the country from Arkansas to Virginia, as well as California, Washington State, Kansas, and Colorado follow with very high rates. The most recent data also show that hospitalizations for patients with the flu are up from more than 8,700 for the week ending November 12th compared to more than 11,000 the following week. The CDC says the highest hospitalization rates are of those 65 and up, followed by those 5 and younger, and that fewer people have gotten a flu vaccination this year than in previous years. Hmm. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. I got mine. Um, all right, a couple other things here. It's interesting. A lot of you went to Amazon during the uh, Thanksgiving Black Friday weekend to do shopping, probably holiday shopping, so much so that they set an all-time record on the site. Amazon says this Thanksgiving holiday was its biggest ever as shoppers added hundreds of millions of products to their carts. Among the top-selling items, Apple AirPods. Champion Clothing, Nintendo Switch consoles, Hasbro Gaming Connect 4, and Amazon-branded products such as the Echo Dot smart speakers. The internet giant didn't share its overall revenue from the weekend, but it said that independent businesses, which sell on its site, generated more than a billion dollars in sales, helped along by a record number of inflation-squeezed shoppers hunting for deals. Industry groups say some prices are higher, but that higher demand is also driving the growth. Lillian Wu, Fox News. Of those things 
things that she mentioned as the best sellers, one of those did not fit in there. Do you hear that? All the things they were like uh, AirPods, Echo devices, Nintendo Switches, and the game Connect Four. Classics. <laughs> Just never goes away. <laughs> really? Is that is Connect Four hot for Christmas twenty twenty two? I don't know. What's next? Hungry, hungry hippos. I'm gonna get my kids hungry, hungry hippos. That I like hungry, hungry hippos way better than Connect Four anyway. No, you want some rock'em sock'em robots? Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. No, I mean if you're talking about your simple board games, I don't think hungry, hungry hippos has ever been beat. I don't think there's any better game. Candyland. Let's just hammer that thing. Oh, Candyland. I can't remember. One of my kids loved playing Candyland. That is the most. Talk about a game that does not reward skill. No, I get very frustrated. <laughs> I get very frustrated. I'm all the way up there, and then I take, and then I hit like the uh, like the pink candy bar, ice cream bar thing, and you you got to go all the way. You get stuck on it, or what? I can't even remember. Here's the thing: very frustrating game. My youngest sister growing up loved playing Candyland, so I would stack the deck. Nice to where you she like, count the cards. I would go through and I would set every it up. other one. So she would get all the way to, and she is kicking my butt. I'm barely moved at all. And then she's just getting crap cards, and all yeah. of a sudden I win. And she's like, how do you oh, do yeah. that? I was like, ah, oh, it's how the oh, yeah, cards no, that's, work. I was thinking shoots and ladder. Yeah, Candyland. Yeah, that's the one where all of a sudden you can be playing terrible the entire game, and then you just get one kiss yeah. with the right card, and the whole game's over, and you won. Yep. Really frustrating. <laughs> uh, Probably why my youngest sister has got trust issues. <laughs> so th- this is interesting. I, uh, I don't know how much you guys like baguettes, French baguettes. <laughs> But uh, the people in France uh, are are very protective of the baguette, the mm-hmm. concept of of the baguette, um, to the point that they uh, they want to get it in to get. I don't quite know exactly. What is it like copywriting? Yeah, it's like prote- It's like a level of protection. For the bag, I don't know, listen, maybe this will be a better explanation than I'm giving. The ingredients for the baguette, simple. Flour, water, salt, and yeast, or leavening, and it must be baked on site. The long, crusty loaves added to UNESCO's list of intangible cultural heritage, joining the making of Neapolitan pizza, Belgian beer culture, the Mediterranean diet, and Arabic coffee. Just like those culinary specialties, the baguette, a staple of French life, is being given the special protected status. Meantime, a research group that tracks bread consumption habits and trends in France reports adults are eating less bread. It also found a rise in supermarket chains selling bread is being blamed for the closure of hundreds of family-owned bakeries. CJ Papa Fox News. So it's UNESCO, which is the UN's cultural body, and and so they get protection if they're it's part of cultural heritage. As um, if it's intangible, it's traditions or living expressions inherited from our ancestors and passed on to our descendants. So it joins. All of those things. So, what does that mean? Like with, Panera can't sell that. baguettes, or yeah, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what it. Maybe it's just say if you call it French baguettes, that's that's the issue here that that happens with this whole thing. Um, it sounds symbolic mainly oh. to me uh, oh, with good, this whole thing. Good for them. But it took six years for France to actually get the documentation they needed to get this request from UNESCO. So, congrats. <laughs> no offense. Uh, to the French, the baguettes are just, they like fall apart. They're a little too hard for me. I think I'll take a softer bread, it's probably. Bread. Yeah, I'll take a softer bread. Uh, all right, we'll leave my last one off because I think we're out of time. We need to save <laughs> some time for our friends at the uh, Capital Humane Society. So we'll take a break. 656 Zellan K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today.
All right, time to say hi to Matt from the Capital Humane Society and find out about the pets that they've got this week. Morning, Matt. How you doing today? Good. How about yourself? Good. Uh, excited to hear about the pets that you're featuring this week. Let's hear about them. So first off, we have Benedict. He's an approximately eight-month-old Great Pyrenees mix, neutered male. He's uh, primarily white, got a little black and tan on his face, but he weighs about 40 pounds, and when it's all said and done, when he fills out and all of that, he'll probably be about 50, 60 pounds, but he came in as a lost dog, and unfortunately, nobody claimed him, but he gets very, very excited when he sees another uh, canine pal, so if you've got <laughs> another dog that uh, likes to play as much as he does, probably do really well together. All right, what else we got? And we got Katie Purry, and she's <laughs> approximately six years old, uh, domestic short hair, brown, black tabby, and she's a spade female. She weighs about nine pounds, so she's not a big cat, but she was surrendered due to landlord issues, but very sweet cat, definitely likes to rub up against you, get lots of attention, and with winter here now, uh, she's looking for a home where there's a lap or two that she can uh, curl up on and uh, stay warm. Very good. People are interested in adoption. What do they need to do? So Pylock Pet Adoption Center is out at 70th and Highway 2. We're open today and tomorrow from 1130 to 7, Saturday, Sunday from 12 to 5. And people are welcome to come on out anytime. All right. We always encourage you to consider adopting from the Capital Humane Society. Thanks, Matt. Talk to you next week. All right. Have a good one. We got Matt Macharo from the Capital Humane Society. 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to play What is LNK Today with Jack and Friends thinking of. It's the uh, it's a game that's like 20 questions. You can play along in your car. I mean, it's probably better to play actually on the phone with us because you might actually win something. Um, going to be a cool show at the Lead Center. Alton Brown is coming uh, on, what was that date again? Sorry, I put put my uh That is on thing, December 8th. Put my things back. All right, so that's coming up on December 8th, and uh, that that should be a good throw. It's called... Uh, it's called uh, Beyond the Eats with Alton Brown. It's apparently a holiday variant, a holiday version of of this entire show. Um, it looks like it's going to be something that's really uh, something that's really good. So if you'd like to go, uh, give a call here, and you might get a chance to win those. We're thinking of a Christmas song. We're singing. That's, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. We're thinking of a Christmas song. I understand that could mean various things, but that is for you to narrow down. That is for you to narrow down through the game today two questions that you could ask one is a uh, something to again like i said narrow it down try and try and help yourself out to get a better guess and then you can use your second uh, answer for a guess some people just decide to guess randomly twice um we would recommend that you use it more smartly than that but that's what that's your choice you do with you what you want to do with your guesses all right charlie's gonna take first shot at this good morning charlie how are you doing today I'm good. How are you? Jack? Good. All right. So we're thinking of a Christmas song. What's your yes/no question to narrow it down? Well, I would ask Jack: uh, Is the song based in religion? No. Okay. That's a good. That's a very good first right. question. That's though. very good. Very good. For that, really knocks it down a lot. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're probably going to help someone win it later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of guy I am. Yeah, you're a giving uh, guy. It's the spirit of giving. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what are you, what's your guess? Non-religious Christmas song. Uh, 
I would say uh, O'Tannenbaum. O'Tannenbaum, a.k.a. O'Christmas Tree. No, it's not it, but thank you for your guess. All right. That starts narrowing it down. That starts narrowing it down. All right, James is next. Good morning, James. How are you doing today? Good morning. Doing all right. All right. Yeah, we're playing for a ticket to see Alton Brown at the Lead Center, television personality, food show presenter, Iron Chef America, Cutthroat Kitchen, all those shows. Uh, it should be a great, interesting, different show. Uh, James, what is your question about the Christmas song that we were thinking of? Does the song have a color in the title? No. No color in the title, but also a very good question. Uh, what is your guess now that you know that non-religious does not have a color in the title? Um, let's go with Frosty the Snowman. Is it Frosty the Snowman? No, but good guess. Good guess. These uh, guesses are really... The questions are good. We're ne- yeah, they are. I, we went a little difficult on this one. I'll say that. We went a little difficult on this, so I'm glad that people are asking good questions here to narrow it down. Maybe they'll help themselves later. we got a phone line open right now, 402-479-1400, playing uh, uh, Ticket Thursday for tickets to see Alton Brown at the Leeds Center. Uh, all right, next on the line is Mike. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Morning, guys. Fine. All right, what's um, your question? All right. Does, it, does the... Uh, does it mention a family member in the title? Does it mention a f- uh, what? You, define family member. <laughs> you know, your mom, dad. Oh, oh like a, oh, like a name like that. No, it does not. I got gotcha. you. It no. do, it does not. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll just say I know it's not a religious. Not religious. Not religious. No color. No family member. That still leaves about a million songs. I know. Thanks. You're uh, welcome. Yeah, I would say uh, I know. Uh, Oh, Bethlehem. Oh, Bethlehem. No, it's not, man. That... That's a little religious. <laughs> oh, Bethlehem. It's one of my full-time favorite Christmas tunes. Uh, oh, Bethlehem. Oh, Be- no, that's a... All right. Uh, back to the phone. Scott is going to take a try of this. We're going to see Alton Brown at the Lead Center. Uh, good morning, Scott. How are you? I am fine, Jack. Good. How are you? Uh, good. We're thinking of a Christmas song. Got a little bit narrowed down. What's your question about the Christmas song we are thinking All right. of? So let's let's try and narrow this down a little more. Okay. It's the is the first word of the title of the song between N and Z. Yes. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Is it Santa Claus is coming to town? No. No. I'm going to admit, I think I went a little higher difficulty level on this one because I thought you guys, sometimes you guys make this game go too fast. And then, then Mark and Caleb and I have to fill like 20 minutes. So, <laughs> not today. Not happening. Now I'm worried about the opposite today, though. No, we'll we're, we're going to narrow it here. All right, Charlie's back. All right, Charlie, what's your question? Down this road, uh, is the song about weather in any way? Is the song about weather in any way? Uh, I should no. look up all the lyrics, but I don't think so. Let me so, look. I, so, I don't hear, uh, no. All right. We're going to say no. No, I'll take a stab at it. Okay. Uh, let's go. Charlie, do we lose you? Hello? Hello? I don't think you're sorry. I lost you. What, what, what did you say there? Uh, 
Ring around the Christmas tree. Is it ring around the Christmas tree? Is that a song? <laughs> we owe Bethlehem and ring around the Christmas tree that have been guessed. I'm not sure either of those are actual songs. All right, uh, Laura. I believe if I'm reading that right with my glasses. All right, Laura's next. Uh, Laura, what's your question about the Christmas song we are thinking of? Um, is it a more modern song? Did it come out um, after 2000? No. Okay. <laughs> no idea. Um, White Christmas. Is it White Christmas? No. No. The way I think Charlie was referring to rocking around the Christmas. Yeah, I know, but I still had to. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. well, I think the guy who said, oh, Bethlehem was the old little town of Bethlehem, but it's hard when you're on the spot. Yep. It's very hard when you're on the spot. All right, Scott's back. All right, Scott, what's your question this time? Is Santa in the name of the song? Santa is not in the name of the song. Um. Rocking around the Christmas tree? Is it rocking around the Christmas tree? No. I could I could give a I could give a hint. I, if we go a few more, I'll give one one little hint here. We'll see if that might help. Uh, Mike is next. All right, Mike, what's your question? We're playing, by the way, for tickets to see Alton Brown at the Lead Center. If you hear somebody uh, go off the line, you can call in at four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. Try and guess the Christmas song we're thinking of. Mike, what's your question? Well, um, I'm going to say, is it? Um have to do with uh, a number of days. It does not have to do with a number of days. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, you want to throw one uh, out there? Uh, well, let's see here. I'll say um, uh, jing- no, it's not Jingle Bells, but I'll say jing- I already J- messed up. So no. All right. No. Nope, not Jingle Bells. All right. So here's what we know. Not a religious song is not was not released since 2000. I believe was the number that she gave. Uh, it doesn't mention a color. It doesn't mention weather or a family member in the title. Okay, right. We've got all that. I believe Scott's was it's a, start, the first letter starts in the last half of the alphabet. N through Z. N through Z. N through Z. Okay, that's what. Give a clue pretty soon. Um, in a bit here. In a bit, you're close because I've got a. Really good. Okay, Rich, Rich, you are next. Uh, what is your uh, question for us about the song we're thinking of? So I get a question and a guess, right? Yes, correct. So my question is, is it up on the housetop? Is it up on the housetop? No. And you can have two. So that uh, you my have, question. So that's my fine. You can have two. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Is it Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No, it is not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mark, do you want to? Uh, I'm not sure what your your clue is, but you want to give it. Did you have a clue you wanted to give? I can. <laughs> how good is it? How about how, here, let me? I'll do mine first. I'll do mine. Right. You do. Uh, this this song charted on the uh, the Billboard Hot 100. This song charted on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay, that's better than one I had. Okay, good. All but right. I still have one. All right, Stephanie is next. We got a lot of different people calling in. This is great. All right, Stephanie, we're thinking of a Christmas song. This is for tickets to Alton Brown. What's your uh, question about trying to narrow down the song that we're thinking of? Does it have the word Christmas in the title? No, but that's a good question. No, it does not. That's a, that's a smart question there. I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay. What's the Mariah Carey song you guys always played before we played the Fantasy? <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's not a Christmas. <laughs> no, no, we've been playing that all fall. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> 
Um, let's say, oh my God. Um, Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. No, it's not Charlie Brown Christmas. The song charted. It's from before 2000. Not religious. Um, you've heard it. I mean, it's not super obscure. You've heard it, but you may just. It's definitely in like uh, you, you've heard it in. You know, I'm sure on the on the radio. I'm sure B has this. Oh, B one hundred seven three has this on their list. They play it all the time. You've you've heard it. it's been in movies. You definitely know it, but it may not be in the front part of your mind. But you definitely know it. All right, Scott. Uh, what's your question? Uh, I'm just gonna. Have- uh, have two guests. Okay, go for Silver Bells. Silver Bells? No. Good question. Good guess, but no. All right. How about White Christmas? White Christmas? No, it's not. Hey, Alton Brown was just on TV there on that commercial. That's funny. You ready for another clue? Yeah. What, you have an, Go ahead. Give yep. another clue. Helps Santa. It helps Santa. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Charted. This charted on the Billboard charts. It helps Santa. Not a religious song. First letter starts with the back half of the alphabet. Um, yeah, it's in TV, movies, radio stations. You'll hear. It. All right, Jim. Uh, Jim, what's your question? Is it Johnny Rogers? Is it Johnny Rogers? No, it is not Johnny Rogers. Do, do you have a second question? Is it Johnny Rogers? Also, same question on that one. That's also, let me check, that's also a no. It is not Johnny Rogers. That would have been maybe a different topic where Johnny Rogers would have been. All right, Brian. Brian, what's your question about the Christmas song that we're thinking of? Um. And somebody said that does it ask does it have Santa in the title? Yeah, it, uh, somebody did ask that, and we said no. So you can still have another one. Um, does it mention reindeer in the title? Is your question? Does it generally mention the word specifically reindeer in the title? Yes. It does not mention the word reindeer specifically in the title. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. Uh, but but I you have no idea. But okay, you're, I'll I'll let you go. You keep thinking about it. But f- listen to the way I answered that. Does not specific. Does not. I should say that differently. It does not generally. The word reindeer does not appear in the title. But I had to think about that question. Okay. All right, Mike. Mike, what's your question for us? What Christmas song are, are we thinking all of? Through, Are all the words in the title start with the same letter? Uh, yes. It's Run Run Rudolph. Yes! <laughs> hey! Technically, that's not right. Uh, he, I'm giving it to <laughs> okay, him. Yeah. Uh, the word is Run Rudolph Run, but the way that, that it is sang by Chuck Berry is often Run Run Rudolph. What was the one that, that helped you figure it out there? I'm just curious. So before the last caller, I was down to that or Wonderful Christmas Time yeah. by Paul McCartney. <laughs> I should have done Wonderful Christmas Time because I like to make fun of that song. All right, you got it. You got the Alton Brown tickets. Congratulations. Hang on tight. We're going to get your information, all right? 
Good job, Mike. All right, thank you. All right, he did it. He did it. Run, Run, Rudolph. Christmas song written by Chuck Berry. It did hit the uh, market. Did hit the Billboard in 1958. Uh, kind of, yep. It was a pretty popular Christmas song. Like it was. 50s. It was, and it sounds so much better on AM radio, which was about all there was back in. And b- by the way, it sounded a ton like Johnny Be Good. Uh, and sounded a lot like uh, oh, yeah. Little Queenie also, uh-huh. um, which was actually came out a little after that. His, his songs had a very similar kind of pattern to it. But yes, Run Run Rudolph, released, recorded in 1958, released as a single on Chess Records. Lots of cover versions out there as well. You buy when there are, yeah, lots of covers out there. All right, there you go. 726, we'll take a break. Caleb's got sports coming up next on KLIN. Get today's top news. All right. Let's get going with the morning drive. It is the five things we think you're going to be talking about today, starting out with... Number five. Mickey Joseph, former Husker player and interim head coach for the majority of the past season, was arrested yesterday by the Lincoln Police Department. Uh, Domestic assault and strangulation charges. He's been lodged in the Lancaster County Correction Center. A news release from Lincoln Police say Joseph was taken into custody shortly after 2 p.m. after an incident uh, near 34th and Treeline Drive. Um, as I said at the beginning of the show, it's a, it's a tough, awkward thing to know exactly what to, to say about it because um, I, I I admit I don't know. This is the case probably with the, the vast, vast, vast majority of you. You don't know exactly what happened. You also want to keep in mind both that People are innocent um, until proven guilty, at least according to the legal system. Uh, but you, at the same time, want, don't want to minimize the, the seriousness of the potential for um, these kinds of allegations and how terrible they would be. And so I don't know how you quite thread the needle between all of those things other than saying um, it's... It, 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 I, I don't know. It hit me kind of hard last night. It hit me kind of hard last night. Just the, the, the suggestion that, um, somebody that you, you got attached to, um, in, in large part because of, because of what looked like character, what looked like, um, somebody that you, you just, you really liked who they were, um, has an accusation. Like this coming up against him to the point that LPD would say they've done an investigation to make the decision to make the arrest and then put out a statement about it, which they did say they they did that in particular because it was a public figure and they were probably inundated with questions about this whole thing. So they just wanted to be transparent about that part of it and, and get that out. But beyond that, beyond that, I would say, I don't know what happened here. Um... So, and I think the le- before before I offer any you know strong positions on on what happened, you, you kind of have to understand what happened to some degree. Now, if it is if it if it would be um, something that that um, that is congruent to the uh, or that is in line, I should say, with the charges that are being brought, that's obviously a terrible terrible heinous situation and uh there obviously is going to need to be uh accountability for for all of that i guess i'll also say i think that you know i think there are going to be a lot of rumors floating out there i think there already are about what happened and i'm not i'm not going into those because i'm not 
I don't have any way of knowing if they're true or not. And I would, I guess I would encourage you to, uh, everyone else to just be aware. We, you don't know what happened. And, and you know, until you know what happened, um, actually, if, if we do in this case. Uh, just in terms of the, you know, more of the, the logistics, nuts and bolts of this thing, of course. Um, Trev Alberts made the statement that said that Mickey was, um, um, you know, going to, by procedure, they had to uh, put him on leave. Uh, after this, that was just the normal policy of of the university here at this point. Um, Mark, in terms of typically from LPD in this kind of a situation, um, I think it's I think what you were saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's just it's kind of unclear whether or not we get more on this tomorrow. What's next? I guess what's what's typically next from somebody who covers what, these things? Well, the, ne- the next thing would be is if uh, his court appearance today uh, would be uh, if he's granted bail. Uh, then the possibility that he would be released on uh, posting bail. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the charges would go to the county attorney in this case. Uh, and and that whole process uh, for eventually coming to some type of uh, criminal judicial review. Uh, but no timetable about that. You know, Lincoln mm-hmm. Police uh, Assistant Chief Michon Morrow, who handles these high-profile news releases along with public information officers, uh, very clear. They've get made their statement. And right. We're probably not going to get any more. I'm sure the investigation is going to continue, and there'll be further uh, interviews with people. But the initial investigation is what police act on. Now they turn right. it over to. You're right. The next decision is whether to, you know, whether you go forward and you you bring charges. Right. Um, from a prosecutorial perspective on this whole thing. Um, Only other things, just in terms of facts, the the things that we do know uh, are essentially what LPD said. And Mark, I know you went over most of that, but it was yesterday afternoon they said um, that... 154, they were called to, I believe it was Joseph's home on uh, T... uh, T, Why can't I remember that? Tree Line. Tree Line Drive. Um... In, in South Central Lincoln, uh, just southwest of 40th and Yankee Hill, about half quarter to a half mile. That's the general area. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, interviewed whoever had made the call or people who were, were there, uh, identified Joseph. Uh, they found him at another location. I'm sure there was some questions going on there, and at that point he was placed uh, under arrest and taken to the uh, Lancaster County the police station right. where they uh, and he was under arrest and they said they did arrest him in a different location yes yeah it was not at, the, the, at that location for whatever that's what I don't you know not that I know what to make of that necessarily but just to pass on what they said right and uh, and then was lodged in the Lancaster County uh, Detention Center uh, we would assume that the first court appearance would be today that's the normal tr- yeah. uh, turn then uh, you go from there the things we don't know is if anybody was injured or treated or hospitalized. Uh, and I I would imagine in this case we won't be told and, that. And then the other thing that, I mean, I guess we there hasn't been any, there hasn't been any one specifically named by the police as the victim, right? No, uh, which, uh, which is pretty which, normal in right. domestic assault type cases. Now, I will say that the arrest was, since the arrest was one of a, a domestic assault, that would typically mean, if that's the what the justification with the arrest, that's somebody that you've got an intimate relationship with, a, you know, a close uh, relative, yeah, a, no, or, a close relative, or, or, a, or a romantic partner, or yes. somebody that that you've. It's not just an acquaintance, essentially. Right. That would uh, be just assault. Yes. Yep. Um, 
And there are two separate charges, I guess. And uh, you don't know. It may be, but you also don't know if it's the same alleged victim. You know, we just, we don't. Right. Or There's a lot of assumptions that can be made that I'm just saying you you, you may not be right about the yep. assumptions. Or you may be. And, and we don't know what we don't know. Yep. Yep. That's. Which is actually more than we do know. Correct. In most of these situations. Correct. All right. Moving on. Number four. Well, unlike his predecessor, uh, Governor Pete Ricketts, who had his inaugural ball in Lincoln at PBA, Governor-elect Jim Pillen has decided on CHI Health Center Arena in Omaha, saying they didn't think there'd be enough room Boo. at PBA, although they did talk to people here, but they wanted everybody on one level, and so it's going to be held in Omaha. Is that really? Is that really that much? Is that that much of a bigger size there? That's That surprises me a little bit. Uh, now that's the I, that's the uh, word we're the getting. PBA. I'll tell you what. I went to a concert at uh, at CHI Center uh, a little while back, uh, about last month, and I was in there and I was like, "This place feels a lot older than Pinnacle Bank Arena." That was that was my that was like my thought having been there, and it is older than it. Um, but it was just like, man, it, the difference in these makes it feel particularly dated. And I'm sure someday PBA might feel like that compared. To uh, someone else, but so they expect a big crowd, apparently. Yeah, bigger than PBA could handle. Wow! All right, so there you go. There you uh, go. Omaha, Omaha gets it. All right, moving on. Number three. Some of the world's largest and most realistic robotic dinosaurs headed to Lee G. Simons Wildlife Safari Sweet. Park in Ashland. Uh, this is Sweet. a report. This is a report from uh, Channel Three KMTV in uh, Omaha. So they're working with the zoo. They're working with the Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo, and they're going to get these animatronic dinosaurs um, in there on in May of 2023. So this will be an attraction for the summer. And I don't know, like apparently they can move and breathe. And some of the pictures I saw were pretty impressive. How much is this going to feel like Jurassic Park? I don't know, but were we so worried about what we could do? That we didn't think about what we should do with this thing? <laughs> Our animatro- so that's my number one question. What happens if these things get loose and they become, uh, you know, independently uh, intelligent? And then number two, listen, if we're putting animatronic animals right there, you know what's not too far from there? Dragon Lake. Future Dragon Lake. And it's right, you know, just south of I-80. I mean, why don't we just have this company put us together a little animatronic dragon (laughs) to be the greatest attraction ever? Bring your kids to the lake, and you might get surprised and see our version of Nessie, the dragon that pops out of the lake every once in a while at Dragon Lake. (laughs) Something to think about. If you guys like tourist money, if you like basically swimming in economic impact, take the idea. If you want, that's up to you. No, that sounds cool. I'll go see that. I'll definitely go see that. I like that place anyway. That's a cool, that's an underrated attraction. I, I haven't think. been in there yet. Oh my gosh. You just, you drive through. Uh, but but several years ago, my kids and I went through it during the summer and a bunch of uh, like the, the buffalo, it's not like the bison you think of, but like right. the buffalo that they've got there. We're like crossing this road around us on all sides of our car, and it was an experience. I'll tell you that. I was like, make sure the door windows are rolled up and the doors are locked. 
But it was cool. We'll always we'll always remember it. It's a very cool place. Cool. But dinosaurs really add to it. What did the uh, Buffalo <laughs> dad say to his son as he left for college? Bye, I, son. Bye. Number three. Huskers picked up their fifth win of the season uh, last night, defeating Boston College 88-66. Yes. They looked great last night. And, I, yeah, I know. I know Boston College is not a world beater this year, and they've got some losses that aren't great. But, I mean, come on, guys. Baby steps. They looked like, I don't. Very rarely under in the Hoiberg era have they looked like they did. I don't think I'm going over the line saying that. No, they, they played even against you know they played lower tier opponents that they definitely haven't looked like that before. They beat the brakes off of a power five team in the second half of a game. Yeah, that's not that's not something we've been able to say through the through that, the first part of the Hoiberg era. That second half they were it was the best. I mean, I, I think it's probably fair to say they they looked really good at the end of the year against Wisconsin to win that game last year. That's about as good. That second half is about as good overall as I've seen that team play and function. It makes a huge di- makes it a few things. Derek Walker's really good. Number one, he changes one. the whole dynamic. He of the changes. Team. He is. There's so many things. He changes the feel of the game. Uh, Casey Tominaga, uh, he's a different. He's a different guy too this year. That one year of experience mm-hmm. has really changed him in college basketball. Also, the mo- maybe the most fun player to watch in college basketball. I mean, I don't think I'm exaggerating with that Generally either. Generally, might be, yeah. He he made a three, was like squatting, like he was surfing after he made it, held it there, ran down the court, and I think chest bumped the uh, the basket on the other side of the court. All like the, the all the while, area. Boston College had called a timeout, so he's just running by himself to the other end of the court. Yeah, I mean, and then they they took uh, a victory lap before halftime, and then he had these quotes after the game. They interviewed him on TV after the game, and they. They uh, said to him, oh, my gosh, I wish I had the exact quote because it's hilarious. Um, but my, they my, had, my teammates pass me the ball and I make the shot. Yeah. Like, what happened out there? He goes, my teammates pass me the ball. Oh, he goes, I make the shots when my teammates pass me the ball. Uh, and he also said like three times, I love basketball. Yeah. Um, like, where and do then, you get this pressure? I, I love basketball. And then Robin Washett tweeted this out. Uh, where he asked Casey after the game in the press conference, when did you know it was going to be a big night for you? And he goes, probably after I made the first shot. <laughs> One's in. We're good, boys. <laughs> Listen, I'm not. I'm not saying this is uh, this is the complete overall turnaround Nebraska basketball has been desperate for for years. But also, let's just enjoy a night that went really well and they played well. And you know, now Creighton on Sunday, mm-hmm. three top ten teams over the course that they're going to play over the course of the next week and a half: Creighton, Indiana, Purdue. So. Time to uh, build that uh, tournament resume. By the way, did you see that Purdue sweep? Did you see that Purdue Florida State score? Did you see, sweep? Did you see that Florida? <laughs> I will be. I would get close to making another walk across the city. Guarantee if that happened. Uh, did you see the score of the Purdue uh-huh. Florida State game? It was tight the entire game. Purdue ended up winning by I think nine. Mm. I think it's tight though. I don't know. Saying there's a chance? I don't know. Oh, just a little, just as the a mustard seed of hope. You know what I'm hearing. A mustard seed of hope. You're, you're saying a little bit of hope. You know what I hear. What's that? Natty. <laughs> natty. Natty. Number one. Fleetwood Mac singer, keyboardist Christine McVie died yesterday. She was 79. She joined the band in the early 70s. It uh. was... Quite a musician. So she was in the in the pre like uh, the pre Stevie Nicks era um, yep. of um, 
and and Mick Fleetwood, I think too. She was the uh, the or, 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 or not uh, Lindsey Buckingham, I should say. Um, so she was, yeah, she was that one. Um, yeah, sad sad story, and it's crazy just how much Fleetwood Max music has come back. Um, in terms of like the younger generation right now, you had you had obviously Caleb that one TikTok where the guy was skateboarding and drinking cranberry juice or That's whatever right. it was, and they that I think it was Dreams that they had mm-hmm. on that one, and then all of a sudden that became the number one streaming song on all of Spotify, and now uh, now there's some car commercial and I don't even know what car that it is, but it uses a Fleetwood Mac song. It ran about a, it's run about a million times during football games. That I've seen lately, huh. um, and it's it's just everywhere. So, um, yeah, that's oh, we good. had good music in the '60s and '70s. Absolutely, I'm not. I don't I deny think- that. I will tell you what. I was I was lukewarm on Fleetwood Mac until just the last few years. Just the last few years, I've appreciated them a lot more for some reason. Um, they did come to Lincoln that one time and was it uh was it Lindsay Buckingham got really sick and they canceled the concert in the middle of it last time they were at PBA so yeah so that was sad but no um she was um a, a, a big part of that um she was actually British um she was she was at the British band Chicken Shack in the late 60s linked up with Fleetwood Mac married because she married their bass guitarist John McVie at the time uh, when it was led by Peter Green, who founded the entire thing. And then in 1974, so she was in it then. It was 1974 that Stephen Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham joined in, and that's when they really took off. But McVie wrote and or sang in Don't Stop, Over My Head, You Make Love and Fun, Say You Love Me, um, a whole bunch of those things. And then, and then the McVies, they broke up, but they stayed in the band. Buckingham and Nick's had a romantic thing going on. Buckingham leaves the band, goes solo. Nick's goes solo. They come back. It was there's a lot of drama with that band, uh, but sad news there. All right, seven fifty four. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. When you soft grin, you're listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All right, Flash Text to Win contest. You may have heard my interview with Lincoln Symphony Orchestra yesterday about their Deck the Halls concert. Uh, We have tickets to that, either the 2 p.m. or the 6 p.m. show. So it's going to be a Text to Win contest for the rest of the show. Text the word Christmas in to the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. And we are going to select, uh, I believe we have five pair. Five pair. Five pair we will pick uh, randomly among people who text the word Christmas in between now and the end of the show. So that's something you're interested in. Text it in. If you hear back from us, you win. And we are going to, it's pairs, by the way. Two tickets, uh, but we'll put your name on the will call uh, for whichever show that you want, the 2 o'clock or 6 o'clock show. I like to call it the KLIN VIP list, and uh, you can uh, you can be at that concert, which I've been a part. I used to MC that concert before they fired me. Um, <laughs> they got a guest conductor in who he's a he's a good MC himself. You heard him on our show yesterday. Um, but it's a great, great family concert, great fun, uh, really gets you in the Christmas spirit. So if you would like to be a part of that, text us in the word Christmas right now to Four two four seven nine fourteen hundred. We'll let you know if you won before the end of the show. And am I late enough on this? Okay, I think I can do it now. Also, I have a concert announcement. Concert announcement. Uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena, Saturday, April 29th. We'll host country fans. You ready? Morgan Wallen. 
the One Night at a Time Tour with special guests Ernest and Bailey Zimmerman again Saturday, April 29th. Tickets will go on sale next Friday, December 9th, a week from tomorrow at 2 p.m. on Ticketmaster, but fans must get registered as a Ticketmaster verified fan. Sign-up starts today at 8 o'clock right now through December 4th at 11.59 p.m. Verified fan at Ticketmaster.com slash Morgan Wallen. And then the pre-sale starts December 8th. Code is one night, all one word, one night. I'll have more information on that for you if you need it. It's 8 o'clock. KLIM Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 810 in the capital city and Thursday mornings we invite in Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, known better as the Grow Lincoln team here on KLIN. You can hear them noons on Saturdays. Probably a little bit more often now that football season is uh, is over with their show, but they also join me Thursdays at 810 to give us a lowdown on what they're hearing about businesses, retail, restaurants, moving, opening, closing, and what might be going up in your neighborhood. And uh, I say hello first to Dave Albers. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing? Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Good. Very good. And uh, also joining us is Robin Eshelman. Hello, Robin. Hello. <laughs> makes a dramatic entrance. Every single red light. I I'm not never joking. Heard, I've never heard that's been a problem in this town. As a matter of fact, the, not familiar. the truck trailer in front of me, there was one green one, but he stopped anyway because he was so sure that it was supposed to be red. And I'm like sitting there like, hey, it, it is green. You can good. go. I like the aggressive potential law following there. That's very good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump in to the content. We'll start with Dave so Robin can get herself uh, set up and gathered here. Dave, we're going to start at Gateway Mall. Yep. Some expansion there. What What's going on exactly? Well, we had talked about this uh, quite a while ago, I'm guessing six to nine months ago, that uh, uh, Dillard's had acquired the former Yonkers store, and uh, there are signs up that they are going to be uh, going into that facility. Construction's underway. They hope to be open sometime in the first quarter, and we have a picture on Facebook, which my wife mentioned to me last night. I just want you to know it is actually there. <laughs> why did your wife mention it to you? I don't you? know. Well, I don't uh, know why. She goes, well, I didn't know that uh, Dillers was going into Young. I go, well, sweetheart. Uh, You've been spoke- listening. You should have been listening been to the show. You're like, you're like, I have all kinds of inside information I could provide you with. <laughs> just got to ask. For the, tell you that. Apparently, that, apparently she missed that. And we we talked about it, I don't know, a few months ago. And But if you missed that, what the mall manager had said at that time was that they purchased the Yonkers building. And the plan was to decommission the third floor yeah. at Dillard's and create more first floor okay. space. And that there was an ability to pop through the walls that divide the two. Oh, okay. And give you more mall level space. All right. You know, it's interesting to hear, and I don't know that it's necessarily an expansion. It may be as much just a shift shift as as anything, but to still to hear that, you know, that they've got that business is going well enough in a mall for, you know, for a a store like that to to be able to do that. That's good news. And I was there doing my Christmas shopping on Saturday, and there was a 
you know, the mall looks full. Does They've it? got yeah. storefronts everywhere. Um, and I know that some of those stores aren't as big as maybe some of the previous ones, but they've got it full in there. And That's they good. Ha- it's not everybody's done that. No. I mean, not at all. And very active. They had some dance classes in there doing the Nutcracker and little Christmas performances, and people were clapping cool. and cheering for them. I mean, it was cool. it was it was a fun place yeah. to well, be. Well, and you know, the People City Mission did their big event there over the over the the week, the Thanksgiving weekend too. So, uh, with the Christmas trees. So, yeah. Yeah, good to, good to hear that things still seem to be healthy over there at Gateway. Uh, all right, uh, so let's see, Robin, this is yours then. Uh, open Harvest Grocery Store. What's happened with Open, open Harvest? We yeah, got another one or what? A little, little update that I noticed in the Strictly Business magazine. Um, open Harvest, as you might remember, had announced a while back that they went to go to the Telegraph District. Um, the latest is that they hopen to be open in fall of 2023. They hopen, hopen to, be, to o- be open. They hopen to be open. <laughs> hopen to be open. Yeah. Wow. It, it, so, this so this will be in the mill building? Big project. Yeah. Um, and it was a crowdsourced project. You know, they talked about how they raised money for this, which we always thought was very, well, very interesting. Very creative. Very creative how they did this. They have preferred shares and they have memberships. Um, they got some some money from Lincoln communication maybe i meant lincoln community foundation <laughs> yeah that, that might be that <laughs> sounds more like u.s department of agriculture um and one thing they could not do at their previous or at their current location is alcohol because they're so close to residential homes oh so this will be one advantage of moving right. okay they'll be able to i would think that will be a, a popular place just given that that's becoming such a more significant residential area um and that mill area is really popular yeah that mill is always packed yeah yeah you, you, ever, you ever go down and be like i think yeah. maybe Everybody i'll try tells and, me how busy it is so i don't want to go oh into well, i know it. You, i've thought before like i think i'll go down there and i'll work you know this afternoon or for something for whatever reason and i can't believe it well like, i've always packed. been able to find a table yeah you, you, you may you can really but big but you like a tuesday at two in the afternoon you yeah know? at times you wouldn't think right. that it would be busy but I, i've always been able it's to just, get it table right it's just i mean it's a good thing it's yeah. it's it's it, it's a relatively big space it's steady too, business as well. yeah. yeah absolutely uh, all right uh back to you dave i saw this in the uh in some other media outlets yeah. about people being surprised uh by anytime fitness apparently yeah that was closing their doors no, nobody likes to have that happen this is anytime fitness they closed their lincoln locations they had uh, one on uh, North 27th Street uh, by Starbucks, and then two of them in South uh, 20, uh, excuse me, in South Lincoln, one at 70th and Pioneer, and then another, another one on South 27th. If I remember correctly, they did say you could transfer your, your uh, membership to one of the other locations that are in some surrounding towns. I know that there is one in Hickman, and I can't remember if there was one in Waverly or some other. And location. you got to want to work out to drive out to Hickman to yeah. go work out, though. <laughs> I mean, like, or, or or Waverly on the thing. So, so and not, I can't remember so if not, it's Waverly. I, I so I'm not sure about that. Not actually any time you might no. say, but that, that reminds 
Remind, okay, I got to tell a little funny story here. I, when I was, uh, my, my wife's from Grinnell, Iowa, and we had our, we had our, uh, we got married there in the church, and, and we always had, when, when we were dating, I would go up and visit her, and there was this gas station that was called Always Open, okay? So it was, it was called Always Open, and so I would, you know, I, I saw it all the time, I was like, oh, that's an interesting name, and, and the, so fast forward, night of my wedding, uh, my my buddies and I are staying in the hotel. We're playing cards and stuff. And we're like, you know, we need some food. We need some drinks and stuff. And it's after, you know, it's probably after 11 or midnight at that point. They're like, God, this is a small town. I bet we can't get anything. And I was like, wait, there's a place called Always Open. I know they're open because it's literally their name. So we all get in the car, drive over there. We get there. And I look up at the sign and they added a word to it. And it says, almost always open <laughs> and oh. i am not kidding it still is like that today wow. it's, it's almost all, they were like they were like did you not see that i was like no i swear they added that why would you call a place almost always open they actually had to cut back they called it almost always open so that's a funny joke among my friends right now that's anyway, pretty good yeah all right um news on the lead place robin uh the place where i have my entire penthouse level usually to myself uh sometimes i'll sublet let it out for parties and such but anyway big news from the lead place i mean we've all kind of watched that go up in the air it's been fun to see the construction the highest building in lincoln across the street from the lead center uh, until that other one gets built down by the haymarket until, <laughs> until it's not yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are getting a new restaurant called aragon and that is brought to you by the same people that own the casa bovina Ooh. restaurant on north 84th and Havelock. Good luck getting a reservation there on uh, Lead Center event nights. Yeah. Because there's like no, there's not much else. That kind of a sit-down place in like super close walking distance. I mean, Misty's. Misty's yeah. is the number one that people go to. Yeah. But there's not a ton more that place will be I think that, plus. I think that should be a win. This yeah. is a notch up from Applebee's. Yeah, I was going to say, the lab, I was just going to bring that up. The last thing they had there was the was the Applebee's. Now, having that said that, I like there. Applebee's. I, I don't want anybody to... Shocked to hear no that. No offense to Applebee's. <laughs> hey, I had my first date with my wife at an Applebee's, so... Um, oh, that's interesting. So they're going to they're gonna put that right in, the, in that built like on the ground level of that building? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good idea. Okay. That's a, that should be great. Well, we have more news on the building. More on, on that lead place building. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Pete family, uh, who is also associated with uh, Casa Bavina, uh, is moving uh, their new company, 1890 Initiative, into that same building, uh, which is run by Matt Davidson from the Nebraska uh, or formerly, formerly formerly from the Nebraska Athletic Department. This is a for-profit collective that represents Husker sports, all according to the Lincoln Journal-Star. All right, very good. All right, uh, let's see now another restaurant opening. What do we have here, Robin? Uh, we're looking at uh, 84th and Holders, the northeast part of town. This took a long time. Me, Tierra. Um, replaced La Paloma at North 84th and Holdridge, and they finally just opened within the last, I think, the last couple weeks. We've been talking about this for a little while. Uh, yeah, it's been going on yeah. for a long so the, time. So the, the former La Paloma, what was it before? Was it something before that, or did they build it? And put it was that a little out? strip center. I don't yeah. know if it was... It was a, there was a different... 
okay. a different restaurant I'm, in there prior right. to La Paloma. All right, so, uh, very good. Uh, I'll have to try that. I've, I've heard a lot of good, a lot of good things at that restaurant. I've never been there, so um, well, be I mean, their I main restaurants to. at fifty five hundred Old Cheney, yeah, uh, at fifty sixth and Old Cheney mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then another uh, opening restaurant opening. Dave, what do we have uh, there? This is at twenty ninth uh, and Pine Lake. Domino's Pizza is coming in, so. Uh, You'll be able to get your pizza quicker if you're on the south side of town. They are now open. Yep. They are now open at 29th and Pine Lake. That's good because there were just not many restaurants in that area. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's good that they're, it's good that people are finally able to get some food in that area of town. Well, Valentino's left across the street. Right? But they moved to moved another place not mild, very far from there. A mile. I mean, man, you drop, you drop a, a pin at, at 27th and Pine Lake Road and put it out like, Oh, three quarters of a mile, a mile, maybe a mile and a half. I bet you get old Chicago. I bet you get fifty restaurants. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, that's low. Oh, but, probably right there at twenty ninth of Pine Lake. Yeah, yeah. You, you uh, if you're working with anybody as Robin and I do in the restaurant industry, uh, that's where they all want. That's the number one request. It's cr- at it. some point, there's just so many though that you would think. You would think that there would start to be diminishing returns, but and not that Domino's is Domino's a little different because that's basically a delivery right. slash carryout situation almost only. Um, there, but there is one that's going to be leaving. Can't say who yet, but you know they get a little bit of turnover over there in that twenty seventh and Pine Lake area. Yeah. So there will be one coming up at the beginning of the year. Uh, yeah, we could. I think we could go if we tried to name that. If we put that pin down and we went. Um, a mile in any direction, we would go on and on and on and on, naming all the restaurants that fall in, oh, that, yeah. in that group there. There's so. even some that have, um, you know, they couldn't get into 27th and Pine Lake, so they went to 27th and Yankee Hill, right. you know, that uh, Tavern 180. and Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Tavern 180 is associated with Tanner's, so that was part and of the... Tanner's, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's probably and, the next Qdoba. one. Qdoba's the... And Qdoba, yeah. right. Qdoba, yeah, because yeah, right. that took over the, what do we have, the... the took over the salsaritas salsaritas mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh incredibly busy place uh, a good food district there in south lincoln if you're looking for something to eat you're definitely gonna be able to find something in that area all right uh, back on saturday no uh no 2 30 or 11 o'clock football game no football game is all as a matter of fact so that means we're back to work you're and back at it usually we have one segment that we devote entirely to businesses opening closing and moving but this time we're going to have a little bit in every single segment um and we will also have an update from the realtors association the housing market has changed as we all know boy has that changed and they're going to be talking about that to us the and city holiday events the chamber of commerce will be in with a little bit of fun all right very good so there you go and by the way i heard, you know it'll be interesting to hear what the real realtors association says because i i know nationally they just had numbers that came out from september and going down a little bit on some of those house prices now they've had a few months in a row where that's going down i'm curious what the lincoln market looks like as compared to those national uh numbers so we'll be interesting to hear that you can hear it all with robin and dave at noon on saturday plus if you do have any more questions about uh where something went what's opening up what the building is in your neighborhood hit them up on social media facebook or twitter and uh you might hear your question answered on our show thursdays at eight ten. send us a picture and we'll send out a detective to there check you go. it out find yeah, it out we love it it's a great 
service we provide. All right. Thank you very much, Rob and Dave. Have a good one. And uh, we'll take a break right now. Caleb's got to check sports right now. 32 degrees in the capital city. You are listening to Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3-KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. All right, 837 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Uh, first time talking to Greg Sharp in two weeks. Oh, my gosh. It's a major understatement to say a lot is... A lot has happened uh, in that time, and Greg joins us right now. Good morning, Greg. How are you doing today? Hey, Jack. Uh, good. Really enjoyed the game last night. I know you did as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to want to delve into to that a little bit here, but uh, I know, um, it, uh, I, I suspect at least you you were uh, in a position last night when everything was uh, just breaking with Mickey Joseph. It's a difficult situation knowing to even what to say when when you don't you know you have some information, not a lot. You don't know exactly what happened, but uh, I guess I just I want to at least address it here at the top uh, since everybody will think it's odd if we don't at least mention or address it um but but just kind of give us a sense of of your reaction your thoughts um right now uh given the news that we got yesterday on mickey oh just a, a punch in the gut when we first heard the news and it was about an hour before sports finally came on the air and you're just shaking your head and you you, you know your, your thoughts go to to uh, the, the joseph family that everybody's going to be okay in that situation and you just you're kind of searching for answers you're kind of like wow did this really happen and there's certainly we a lot we don't know yet and we'll probably get some more context and clarification as the day goes along but man just a kick in the gut is what that felt like last night yeah um and you know it's it's stymies what was really a a last four or five days is some really good positive momentum for the husker football program and starting with a win over iowa last friday and then a terrific press conference uh, introducing Matt Rule on Monday, and then you know, and then that happens, and you're just like, wow, can can we just not get out of our own way at times around here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I'll just add one more time, just because we got people who are who are you know tuning in and out, and and I said this earlier, and I'll say it, you know, just one more time, and and I don't. Uh, I don't know the details of what happened. I know the facts that that we know right now, and it's it's a very difficult kind of thing to do. But I think both are true. Um, that that number one, um, you you, you know you, you, the the legal system plays itself out. We find out what happened, and and we'll know more. And it's more appropriate to comment or say something at that point. And number two, uh, it's this you know domestic violence. Those sorts of it should never be something that's that's minimized or excused or anything like that. I think both of those things are true in this case, and that makes it incredibly difficult to talk about, and I found that to be the case today. Uh, so I just want to throw that in there as well. Um, all right. Um, so n- n- let, let's talk, my goodness, Greg, so much even beyond what we just mentioned has has happened. Uh, let's, go back to, uh, let's go back to Monday, though. I, I uh, listened to and watched your, your coverage on the Matt Rule press conference. Um, I'd just kind of like to get your, your sort of reflections on, on that day, everything about the day, what uh, Matt Rule said. Uh, you had a chance to talk to him more individually after the fact. And uh, what did you, I guess, what did you learn that day from that whole process? Well, one, I think he's going to be an exemplary leader of the program for Nebraska. And 
highly qualified. And I think he also fits the bill where Nebraska is. And that's a program that needs some rebuilding. And when you've come off a four and eight and three and nine seasons, you have to be realistic with yourself that Nebraska's not in a position at the current moment to challenge for conference titles and be in the playoff and all those things we want it to be. And yet you have to kind of start slowly. And I think Matt Rule has done that on two different occasions at the college level, first at Temple and then at Baylor, and, and built those programs back up to where they could get into the realm of conversations for those type of things. So I think it was a tremendous candidate to be identified by Trev Alberts. And then to be able to land him, I think it was really exciting. The way he handled himself, Jack, and I, you know, he, he's the son of a preacher, so he, he kind of knows the rhythm of being able to put together a presentation like that, and he was very, very impressive in all that. And now the, the work begins, putting together the staff, going through the roster, uh, dealing with NIL and the portal in the coming weeks. So there's a lot of things for him to do. What's really been impressive to me in the last 48 hours is how hard he's been at work uh, when working. He showed up at the office the next day at 5.30 a.m. and didn't leave till after 11 that night. The family headed back to, to uh, Carolina, so he's just kind of batching it here for a while, but he has jumped in with both feet and getting after things, and that's really encouraging. I'm curious, one of the, among the things that stuck out, and, and I completely agree with you on, I, I was I was more impressed than I thought I even would be, and I thought I would be impressed with with just the 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 communication, the the savvy that he had, the the sort of the the goosebump moments that were in that whole thing. I thought it was I thought it was really good, and I know that doesn't guarantee wins, but it's a it's a start in this whole thing. One of the things I noted, and I'm curious what you think, Greg, is he was asked uh, during the press conference something to the effect of what was uh, what were the commonalities? What was it about what you did at Temple and Baylor when you made turnarounds that made that possible what were things that ran through it and the thing that he answered in that was he talked about administrators i I expected he was going to maybe talk about you know teams that work hard and and you know on the field stuff but he went to the administrators at at both of those places um and he talked about being aligned kind of in in purpose and the the relationship with with him and Trev is is going to be an interesting one. I mean, we found out that he basically was when he came into town, he was staying overnight at at Trev's house to try and keep under the radar on everything as well. I, I'm curious if you if you heard those and and kind of what you thought about how how this this hire comes about, how there's this connection between the two of those, and how this all all happened for him. Yeah, I, I think you know you have to have a comfort level for who you're working for, and so I think that was maybe a lot of the point of his trip uh, back in late October to come and kind of check out Lincoln. And I think check out Trev, I think for him to, to kind of get a gauge of, all right, this is a guy I'm going to be working for. Is this a guy that I can work for? And so I think that was valuable for both parties, both Trev and, and Matt to spend some time with each other to kind of see, all right, is this good? Are we a fit? Can we make this thing work? I've talked to several people that I know at Baylor, Jack, and, and they go, Matt's a, a micromanager. But I think that's kind of what this program needs. And it goes to, to your point about where he talks about the, administ- the administrators and all the people that are, maybe even the secretaries and all those. He's going to make sure everybody's doing their part. And I, you know, I'm not sure that's been going on at Nebraska for a while. I mean, some people, some coaches come in and just worry about the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. Some people come in and maybe are better relationship builders of the players, but aren't as good with the X's and O's. I think Matt, is one of those guys that will throw everything he has into it. And, uh, you know, some, some of us are driven crazy by micromanagers, but I think that's kind of what Husker football needs right now, and that's why I think it's a great hire for Nebraska at this moment in time in Matt Rural. 
How good of a sense do do you or or anyone have just time in terms of um, especially offensive, but like kind of identity, offensive style under Matt Rule. He talked about running the ball and and you know being strong across the line and being physical. But uh, I don't, I still don't quite know if I know, and and maybe it's still to be determined exactly what Matt Rule's style of of football looks like, especially from an offensive perspective. Well, keep in mind that he grew up in Big Ten country, Penn State guy. That's where he went played college football, so he understands Big Ten football. He understands nasty weather and that you better be able to have those some of those traits to be winners in this league late in the season as far as what it's going to look like i think that the rpo game is going to be a big part of it the run pass option game that we've seen in the past in nebraska i think that's what something he'll want to institute uh it looks like the south carolina offensive coordinator is going to be the off- offensive coordinator here so if you wanted to go watch some south carolina tape from this past year you might get a little bit of a sense of what uh, that coach brings to the table, but I, I think he understands. And I'm sure this was this was conveyed to him by Trev is that we're not good enough along the lines, either offense or defensive lines, and you've got to put a lot of attention to that and a lot of recruiting muscle behind that, maybe even in the portal here in the next week or two because Nebraska has not been able to just match up and line up week after week in the Big Ten and in the last couple of years along the line. So I think he realizes how important that is. But I think if you want a snapshot of what the offense may look like, I go just pull up some game tape of South Carolina and kind of watch what, they're, what they've done. How, how big do you think of, of a priority, uh, if it's a priority, do you think uh, maybe getting Casey Thompson back for another year would huge. be for Matt Rule? Yeah, huge. And I'm, I'm told they've had several really long and productive conversations. I, I'm getting – the sense that Casey is is going to come back, and that would be really big for Madden for next season because you know you look at that schedule for next year with back to back road games to start to have a veteran quarterback to be able to walk out there in Minneapolis uh, Labor Day weekend and then the next week in Boulder that would be a real big help to get the thing going and, and jump started and you, you look back and there was a lot of things that went wrong in the frost year but there was never any momentum early in seasons to get things going it's so big early in coach's tenure to have something positive early for the kids to go, okay, everything they've been telling me the last six, nine months, whatever, yeah, it's coming true. And then it just feeds off of itself. So to get Casey back and to have a jump start into 2023 would be giant. And again, I'm hearing really positive vibes coming from the, from Casey's camp that that he feels really comfortable the first week of Matt Rural. I think I think you're uh, uh, not in terms of the what's happening, but in terms of your assessment of how important it is. I couldn't agree more. I mean, listen, we we learned frankly that you know you've got a thin quarterback room as is, and if you know, and and and, and with K, and I don't know, and Greg, I mean, you we learned Casey. I don't know how healthy he was at all this year, even before the. Um, you know the the injury against Illinois because um, he he had to go through the surgery and so I mean he I think he had a solid season it wasn't perfect had a solid season but if you get him completely healthy and and get an offensive line that can protect him a little better um, boy that's a that's a game changer for this offense I think sure could be and I think one of the big evaluating things that's going to have to happen in the next month or so is is what, what about the backups is did you see enough from Chuba Purdy to feel good that he could be a quality quarterback in the Big Ten, or do you need to go to the portal and add another name from there? Yeah. You obviously, you're going to yeah. add a high school quarterback in the recruiting class. So there's a lot of things for them to evaluate. And uh, I'm guaranteeing you he's buzzing through a bunch of game tape 
right now to try to figure all that out. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what is the what are the coming weeks look like? I believe recruiting starts back up in person. Recruiting starts back up what tomorrow? You tomorrow. Do, you do have some players now from other schools who have dropped their name in the transfer portal. Um, I don't know that I've seen anyone from Nebraska outside of Trey going pro and O'Shawn Mathis saying he may go pro. So what do the next few weeks look like? Kind of, And then obviously finishing the staff. Uh, what are we going to be looking at for big news here over the course of the next few weeks? There'll be a lot of stuff. And there'll be a lot of stuff that probably will shock some people. And, and I'm not, I, don't have any in, I don't have any inside information on that. But you may hear some names of people who do go kick the tires on the transfer portal and, and check things out. But you're right. Tomorrow opens up the period to be able to go back out on the road and visit in person prospective student athletes. That's why I think it was really important this week and today as, as well to get a handful of guys who can go hit the road tomorrow and go see a handful of kids. They also have been reaching out to the young men who have committed to the Husker football program to see if they still want to be Cornhuskers. Those kids, and this is a really nice rural jack for the NCAA, those kids who've already made their official visit will be allowed to come and do it again with the new coaching staff. That's a nice little wrinkle that's been added in the last couple of years. Uh, so I would expect some on-campus visits this weekend and next weekend and then the following weekend because the signing day is the 21st. Okay. So it's a little bit later, which helps the staff. It gives them another couple of days to go uh, buzz around and get people. Next Monday is when you can start actually making contact with kids in the portal. So mm-hmm. that starts next week. So that'll be another whole layer to the cake that this staff will have to deal with. So really busy times, yeah. but I'm very comfortable with what, I've heard and seen from Matt as far as work ethic the last couple right. of days. Which would make you think you probably want to have that staff uh, pretty much done in the next 48 hours, I would think, pretty soon. I think, he's, I think he's close. I think there's just two or three spots that are still open and still some negotiating going on within that. And obviously the news from yesterday shakes some things up yeah. as well because I think there were talks going on between Mickey and Matt Earl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk some basketball because uh, I actually want to at this point here. This time, two wins in a row uh, over ACC teams. Yeah, granted, uh, not not necessarily top of the the conference ACC teams, but I mean, Greg, you talk about where Nebraska's been in the previous years under Hoiberg. Um, they weren't they weren't winning games like they won the last two games. Is that fair to say? Even against teams that were, I mean, even against group of five teams that were undermatched against them. Something looked different to me. I'm curious what you think about that. I, I told you this a few weeks ago. I really like this team, and I'm not projecting them to be an NCAA tournament team. I think it's still a big climb with as d- difficult as the league is going to be. But what we've seen the last two days, just hammering two ACC teams, and yeah, they're not the best ACC teams, but still they're they're – Power five teams that Nebraska just picked apart. There's a lot to like about this group, and their confidence is growing. Now they're going to hit. This is the this is the murderous stretch coming up now because <laughs> yeah. you have three top ten teams starting Sunday at Creighton. But I think this group will hang together. Talked to Kent Pavelka last night on the on Sports Island. He I said, how was the trip to Orlando? Because when teams leave home home base and go somewhere, you could they'll either bond or they kind of yeah. split apart. And he goes, it was great. They were around each other. There was a lot of laughing. And there's just a good feel around this team. This is going to be a fun group to follow, I think, for the next couple of months. It struck me that the team is, uh, and I guess this is maybe very obvious, but it's a very different team with Derek Walker as, as a part of that team. Um, how much of a sense did you get of that, and, and why do you think that is? A hundred percent. He's just such a veteran presence. He knows how to play the game at this level and play successfully at this level. The good, the good thing that happened during his absence was Blaze Keita 
had a chance to kind of learn yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, great and game last night. He sure did. With Derek picking up those early fouls, he came in and he played like a starter last night. And so yeah. I think that's the encouraging thing. And it's it's not just going to all be about Derek because Derek was a small part of it last night, and yet Nebraska still rolled the team. So getting Blaze those extra valuable minutes the first four or five games was really helpful for this team moving forward. And Again, I, I, I'm not projecting them to be an NCAA tournament team. But <laughs> I know. I, I want to make that up here. But I, I still think we're going to have some fun. I get what I get, totally get what you're doing. I feel like I need to do the same thing. But also, you know, I also want to celebrate a night that was really fun because, you know, this fan base hasn't had a lot of those. And, and by the way, Casey Tominaga uh, is no. about as fun a guy to watch play basketball as I've ever seen. It's, it's contagious to watch the enthusiasm he has to play the game, and I love it. I just love everything about it. Yeah, yeah. It was he, they interviewed him on TV after afterwards last night, and he he said like three times. He said, "I just love playing basketball." <laughs> that was what he said. Yeah, and uh, and and it was it was really good. But yeah, those next three those next three games are going to be uh, are going to be very. And, and again, I said this to you. I think a couple of weeks ago we talked. Isn't it just nice to see to see a, a focus on rebounding? Like that changes that in itself changes a ton about the flow of these games. It feels like and success on that. They've they've re- out rebounded the last four opponents, and, and so those are all high major teams with Oklahoma, Memphis, Florida State, BC. Yeah. They've yeah. won the battle of the boards, and last year Nebraska Crazy. was just getting whipped on the back, destroyed. Yes, just it's I mean it's night and day difference that part of the game, which I don't know if people realize, but. I mean, I think that alone, just having that alone sometimes is going to get you some games you weren't getting last year. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But you're right. Uh, n- nothing like this murderer's row. If they showed the show, the upcoming schedule. And I realized when they put the rankings by all those teams, I was like, I turned to my wife and said, Oh, you know, three top 10 teams in a row. Fantastic. But we we'll get a good all, sense. All we'll, and then the fourth one after that is K State that lost their first game of the year last night. So they're not geez. a bad program as well. Jeez. All right. Hey, Greg, thank you so much uh, for talking to us today. We're going to be listening to you on Sports Nightly. I know it's going to be an interesting month of December, and you guys will have a whole bunch of good stuff as we kind of figure out exactly what this football program is going to look like going forward. All right. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good, Jack. Thanks. There you go. Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red on LNK today. How about that? I'm getting the sense Casey is going to come back, said Greg. That's. That's potentially good, big news. Very excited. Said, it a, said a couple of times from Casey's camp, things look good. Very good. All right, 855, take a break. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. You know what's back tomorrow? Request Line Friday. By the way, have we texted our winners for the Lincoln Symphony Orchestra concert? Picked a few yes, of them or what? Yes, we've that? texted all of them. Just waiting to hear back from Charlie. All right, Charlie, you won. So. Carrie, Diane, Dave, and Jeremy were the other winners. All right, congratulations. Enjoy the Symphony Orchestra. Request on Friday. Get your requests in now. It's going to be a busy one. Plus, live music from Dorothy's Dishes. We're bringing a band in tomorrow. How about that for pomp and circumstance for the season premiere? We'll see you then. Have a good day. 9 o'clock, KLI on Lincoln.